0: Who dat to another Saints game week, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are part of the Fan Sided Network, bringing you everything New Orleans Saints, including nudes, analysis, and opinions. Uh, we are without Tyler for this episode, uh, but you can follow him as always on Twitter at RaymondTylerM. Always retweeting awesome stuff, always throwing out some of his theories and uh, his concerns with the team, uh, and always tweeting about the Saints. So be sure to follow him at RaymondTylerM. He'll be with us uh, again next week, but um with us today, uh, first off I'm Dayton Brown as always your host uh, who missed last episode is with us uh, and I'm, I'm always glad to have him back uh, Charlie, what's going on man how you doing
1: doing good man I feel like you haven't been around in, in forever but it really hasn't been all that long
0: It's been like a week and a half tops maybe 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 two weeks yeah something like that but um obviously you yeah. you, you watched that Monday night football game. And I know we talked about uh, your thoughts on the previous episode. Anything else you want to say now that you're back on air talking about that Monday Night Football? uh, Very, very close victory by the Saints.
1: Yeah, I mean, bottom line, what I'll say over these last three weeks is I think there's a couple things going on. And I don't know which of those things is a bigger factor, but here they are. Number one, the Saints – And this idea, I've heard it kind of tossed around over the last, I don't know, five or so days, and I'm totally on board with it. The Saints look absolutely exhausted, man. Taysom Hill, um, you know, I guess it was uh, one of the writers over at The Advocate, it wasn't Nick, it was somebody else, wrote an article about Taysom Hill, and he, he, I mean, his exact words. Are exhausted and i think he's exhausted physically and both and mentally because of what he's asked to do i mean he goes from the quarterback room to the special teams room to the, to the room you know trying to knock out all these meetings and get his his assignments right and I, I just think that the team it looks tired you know they've they've had some tough games it's not easy winning 12 games in the nfl and they did it off of an early buy and then some weird schedule quirks. They had a couple of Thursday night games. You know, we're having a short week coming up against the Steelers. Um, the Saints to me look tired. Number one, I think that's the biggest thing that's kind of been going on the last three weeks. Um, number two, I think, I think this is the time of year where defenses start to catch back up to offenses. We're in the beginning of the year. Um, you know, you can only, you can only put so much system into your defense and, you, you kind of add layers to your coverages and to your assignments and such week after week. And, and the offense can progress much quicker than, than the defense can. That's just kind of how the NFL has been set up ever since the new CBA and the reduced practice time over summer and the reduced practice time during the week. Defenses always start off behind offenses. So I think, I think overall defensive plays up in the NFL, which has caused some of these crazy offenses like new Orleans to kind of, to kind of slow down. Um, and then also I think, I think the saints are just getting everyone's best shot. You know, I mean the Cowboys, the Cowboys were so amped up, man. They looked like a bunch of kids that were on cocaine that were just going absolutely berserk to win that game. You know, props to them, you know, the Cowboys yeah. do what they had to do to beat us. And then the bucks and Panthers, you know, that's two, two road division opponents, you know, that were totally jacked up to beat the rival. Both were fighting for a playoff spot, you know, in those two games, the saints found a way to win. Um, those are the, those are the three things that I sort of see going on. I think the saints are exhausted. We really need this first round by, I think, uh, you know, defenses are getting better and our offense is kind of getting, figured out. Um, but that's not to say that I'm, I'm worried that it'll be a problem going into the playoffs. Um, and then we're just getting everybody's best shot. Everyone's going to give you their best shot, you know, cause you, you want to be that team that says, yeah, we beat the Saints."
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, uh, this season, uh, going up against a team that is seemingly balanced on both sides when they dominate teams like Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Uh, the, the the Giants early in the season making a statement. That win against the Falcons, a huge win. The Rams beating the Rams and the Vikings back-to-back weeks. Uh, teams teams yeah. obviously take note. Yeah, that was big time. And having a week five bye for – or week five for the second year in a row – it, 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 I mean, it, yeah, it, it almost constitutes, uh, near exhaustion towards the end of the season, especially for a, you know, 39 year old, almost 40 year old quarterback. Um, and Drew Brees, even though he's, you know, he was lights out early on in the season, uh, into the, the, the middle weeks, uh, he's now obviously starting to, uh, feel some of that, uh, needed rest that, that, uh, the Saints, hopefully, and if they beat Pittsburgh, we'll dive into that a little bit later, but they, uh, Sean Payton may just rest the starters, but, Talk about that later. Um, let's let's actually dive into previewing this game. So the New Orleans Saints are back at home at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome to take on the eight-five and one Pittsburgh Steelers. The Saints, obviously themselves, are twelve and two. Officially the number one team in both the NFC and the NFL as a whole, they are a they have a one game lead over the Los Angeles Rams for the number one seed there in the NFC for a home field advantage. So. They end up beating the Pittsburgh Steelers due to them having the tiebreaker over the Rams. No matter what happens uh, with them and the Bears, the Saints will get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, so this is a this is a big game for the Saints. For the Steelers, it's also a huge game because they're only half a game up of the Baltimore Ravens, the NFC North. Uh, the Steelers are currently the fourth seed um, in the AFC. And if they were to lose out on the division due to the... Um, how great the AFC West best two teams are, the Chiefs and the Chargers. One of those teams is going to be number one, and one of those teams is going to be number five. The number six seed will either be you know, uh, the second-place team there in the AFC North, either the Steelers or the Ravens, or if somebody else sneaks in and the Steelers could miss the playoffs as a whole if they don't win their division. So it's a really, really important game there for the Steelers and for the Saints for home field advantage, getting that extra week of rest. Um, and it is a home game for the Saints. A place where the Pittsburgh Steelers have not won. Do, 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 do you know the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers won in New Orleans, Charlie? Uh, 1990? Yeah, it was 1990. It was 9-6 to was the final score um, in New Orleans. Since then, uh, they've played in New Orleans, I mean, only two other times, but they've played as a whole uh, five times. Uh, so twice in New Orleans and uh, three times in Pittsburgh. But uh, both times in New Orleans, the Saints were able to win uh, first time in 2002, 32-29. And then in 2010, 20-10. The last time these two teams played... So first off, the overall series, uh, the Saints lead over the Steelers, 8-7. to And the last time these two teams played was November of 2014. Uh, and the Saints, who were 4-7 and on a three-game losing streak going up against the, a red-hot Steelers team who had won a couple in a row. They were 7-4. Um, the Saints end up winning there in Pittsburgh, 35-32. to 32. Guys like Nick Toon and Joe Morgan uh, had big games for the Saints, uh, and, and that really just summarizes where the team was at at that time. They ended up finishing that season, of course, 7-9, the first of three straight seasons, finishing below 500 uh, for the Saints. So these teams haven't, haven't played each other in four years. A lot has changed, obviously, but the core has stayed the same. Drew Brees... Ben Roethlisberger, um, and of course, Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin are still there at the helm. So um, with a lot of personnel change there on the field, it's still the identities of these teams uh, seem to be similar. So it's going to be a very interesting game to see these juggernauts go at it again for the first time in quite a while. And before I jump into any any stats, anything else, Charlie, I want to go over obviously the injury report because this time of the year... These, uh, when two great teams go up against each other, and yes, I'm calling the Steelers great, even though they've been very up and down, and I'll get into why I'm not very worried about them. Um, with the personnel, the the players that they actually have that can step up, um, and, and Ben Roethlisberger can really do anything on his feet when he's able to escape the pocket, that creates a lot of plays. Um, they are a really good team on offense, and they have um, some, some good personnel on defense. So, so to me, they're great. Uh, obviously, the Saints are a step ahead of them. But this is a really important game, and... Injuries matter the most. Who's actually going to be on the field for this team, uh, for, for both of these teams? So uh, we're going to go over the injury report for the Steelers. Juju Smith-Schuster actually showed up on the injury report yesterday after uh, hurting himself. Or excuse me, I think it was Wednesday, the first day of, of practice on the week uh, for the Steelers. Or um, he ends up uh, hurting his uh, hamstring. So right now he's questionable. Not not sure the groin. extent. Or oh, groin. Excuse me. Yeah, it was a groin. Um, James Conner is still questionable. Um, and, and Terrell Edmonds, their rookie safety, is questionable as well. Now, James Conner being questionable is pretty big. He did miss uh, last week, but for the Steelers, Jalen Samuels was able to step up um, and, and help them win over the, the New England Patriots. Uh, but still, James Conner, Pro Bowl, um, running back for the Steelers, uh, top five in, in scrimmage yards in the league. Uh, big player, and he's missed a couple weeks. So uh, if he's able to go, that adds another dimension for the Steelers. If not, they still have... Um, you know, if if you look at last week, they have the identity to be a 90s, 1990s Pittsburgh Steelers team where they can play good defense and run the ball well, even with a guy like Samuels there in the backfield. So still important to see if James Conner um, is going to be good to go. I think we'll know more um, later on, probably by tomorrow, we'll, we'll know whether or not he'll be good to go. For the Saints, uh, Ted Ginn Jr. shows up on the injury report, obviously still listed on injured reserve, but he did practice with the team. Um, I'm not sure if he practiced today. I haven't gotten word on that yet. I know uh, Teron Armstead practiced today, which he hadn't practiced the last two Fridays. So that's looking like good news. It looks like uh, he's he's making some steps towards actually being able to play. Not sure if this means that the, the the Saints want him to play this Sunday. They might want to still make sure he's healthy going into the playoffs. Um, but the rest of the offensive line, uh, Ryan Ramchek and Darius Pete are both questionable. Luckily, Max Unger returned to practice. Sounds like he's going to be okay and good to go after uh, missing uh, a good chunk of uh, the Carolina game on Monday night. Um and Andres Pete of course had to slide out to left tackle to fill in for Jamon Bushrod going down, um who I don't think currently is on the uh um injury report, but it sounds like uh he he may be good to go. Bushrod? Yeah. I'm not seeing him on I mean,
1: the uh uh no I actually was reading today. It looks like Bushrod was the only guy who didn't practice. Gotcha. So I it looks to me like I'm not gonna have Bushrod, but um Armstead did practice right. and he hasn't practiced on Fridays the last couple weeks. Um Unger was bad which is you know very, very promising. Um, you know, injury wise, my biggest worry is that left tackle position mm-hmm. against this pass rush, if, if Armstead can't go and Bushrod can't go, then this could be a very scary game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, here is the, I I have the full injury report now. Yeah. Bushrod is believed to have sustained a a hamstring injury. That's, that's the injury I was uh, obviously thinking of earlier, but, um, for the Steelers, there actually uh, might be even more, um, on Connor. Yeah. He, he, he didn't practice Thursday at all. We're not sure if he practiced today. So him missing Wednesday and Thursday practice um could, you know, mean that he's out for another week. Um Terrell Edmonds is just questionable. Um and, and Juju Smith Schuster was actually in uniform and didn't participate in the portion of Friday's practice that was open to the media. So not sure if he if he actually did make a, a full practice um at all during 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 the closed portion, most likely not. But if he sounds wasn't uniform, like he, maybe he did something. Yeah, yeah,
1: he, yeah, it sounds like he didn't uh <clears throat> he didn't practice. That he 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 went through the walkthrough portion of the practice, but he didn't he didn't actually practice practice. Um, so, but uh, some teammates of his, I just was found on Twitter. I was searching and I retweeted a couple of things. Sounds like his teammates believe he will play. But as far as you know, the way he looks on the injuries, lack of practice this week, especially on a Friday. That you know, um, people on the outside don't think it looks good for Juju to play, but his teammates said they th- think they think he'll play. So who knows, man? It's it's one of those things we'll have we'll have to see. I mean, the, it would be the Saints would be catching a pretty pretty big break if we didn't have to face Juju Smith-Schuster, who's just an absolute beast on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, but if, if we do, you know, I would I would hope, and I'm you know going to go ahead and assume that this week we've been preparing as though Juju's going to play.
0: It'd be even bigger if Juju and James Conner are both out um, because then the Steelers really have to go with, I mean, Saints would be able to double team Antonio Brown if they, if they, if they want to do that. I, I feel like they have some confidence in their corners now, but definitely safety help wouldn't, when, when, uh, um, you know. Uh, do any, do anything bad for the team um, and then with the other receiver on that team being James Washington who has been so up and down in, in his rookie season had a good game against uh, New England had a really really nice sideline catch that was pretty clutch for the team it would still be huge to uh, be able to do a little bit more with Antonio Brown and not worry so much about a guy like Juju there um, and and I think another guy to look out for which we'll get into a little bit Later is a Vance McDonald that tied in there. Um, if if somebody like Juju or James Conner or both are out, McDonald could be a, a really nice start, especially there in the red zone for the Steelers. Um, but yeah, so so the injuries are really um, important here. But I think it's really important that Ted Jr. I think it's a big deal that he returned to practice. Would you agree, or do you think uh, um, I, I, I I'm, I'm not sure if if he's because Nick Underhill really doesn't like diving into Ted Ginn Jr.'s availability. Uh, we, we can see it in his Twitter bio. We talked about it in the last episode, but do you think he'll be able to come back soon? What's the Because de- I feel like he he should have been able to come back after the eight-week mark, but it sounds like his rules are a little bit... De- I'm yeah. Not, I'm not exactly sure he's, with Ted Ginn.
1: Well, he's he's past that eight-week mark, so if he's play, to play... Um, and I've kind of thought that, that the Steeler week was sort of the target week for him to come back. And... You know, the guy, you know, the beat writers who were at practice said that Bushrod was the one who didn't practice. So I guess it's safe for me to go ahead and assume that Ted Ginn practiced. Right. Um, now, I guess the thing with Ted is since he, he hasn't, re- you know, he's, he's been rehabbing and working to get back, but he hasn't, you know, he, he needs to get back up to game shape and be in game speed to, in order to be ready to go. Um, you know, this week, if we could get him back this week, that would, that would be awesome. Obviously, I hope that, you know, we wouldn't be rushing him back. But, you know, the, the offense in the wide receiver position definitely needs some type of spark. And Ted is just the kind of guy to, to give it to us. So, you know, hopefully he'll be back. If not, you know, I'm 100% confident he'll be back, you know, barring a setback. He'll be back that divisional round of the playoffs because – you know, there's a good chance he he won't play week 17. Mm-hmm. You know, anyways, unless you know unless we lose to the Steelers, then there's a then he might,
0: you know. I mean, it, it would be awesome to see him repeat what happened in the playoffs last year against his former team, right? Catching a, a long bomb touchdown in the end zone against the Panthers, Superdome, yep. that kicked off that um three th- th- third game sweep of the Panthers for the Saints there in the playoffs that ended up moving them on to uh, Minnesota. So, yeah, yeah, that would be... Uh, I And I'm with you. I think he'll come back divisional round, though. Uh, would be smart. Really, we have to see what happens with Pittsburgh, really, as as to who's going to play. Because, um, I mean, I say play Teron Armstead if he's healthy, and especially if Bushrod is not good to go. Please play Armstead. I know you want to make sure he's 100% healthy, but it sounds like you've given him two, maybe maybe two, probably one... I feel like it's two extra weeks to, to kind of rest up to make sure he's healthy. So I, I think that's going to be enough for him. And then play him at least this week against Pittsburgh. Let him get back into at least some rhythm before either going on a one-week or two-week break. Um, there for the extra bye, perhaps, for the Saints in the city them week 17. So this is all really interesting. It's a chess match at this point. See what the Saints got to do. But it all boils down to winning against Pittsburgh. And let's actually dive into some really important stats. I'm going to go off with some offense first. So these are their uh, each team's per game stats and their NFL ranks. So points per game on offense, the Saints are currently second in the league at 32.8 points per game, and the Steelers are fifth at 27.4. Total yards per game, the Saints rank seventh at 385, or pretty much 386, and the Steelers are fourth at 406. Uh, So Steelers actually have, uh, especially their... Um, in the pass yards per game, the Sealers are third with 312 yards per game. The Saints are 11th at 258.5 pass yards per game. So the Sealers have uh, quite a bit of advantage there uh, just because they do – uh, attempt a lot more uh passes than than the saints have and do especially after the saints have blown out uh, a couple of teams rush yards per game the saints have a, a huge advantage there they're eighth in the league at 127.4 rush yards per game and the steelers surprisingly as good as james connor has been they rank 30th in the league at 94 rush yards per game and of course connor did make a lot of his yards from uh check down screens and passes from ben roethlisberger Um, Third down conversion percentage, uh, this is uh, almost identical. The Saints are 7th at 44.44%. The Steelers are 6th at 45.29%. So both teams, uh, top 10 in the league, third down conversion percentage, very refreshing for the Saints as uh, last year. That's what they really struggled at, both on offense and defense, converting on third downs. Um, Sacks given up. The Saints have given up a sack on 3.38% of passing plays, and that is third best in the league. And that's actually right behind the Steelers, who rank second at 3.26% of plays or dropbacks giving up sacks. Um, Indianapolis is first with just 2.77%. So finally protecting uh, Andrew Luck over there. Total for the season, the Saints are tied first in the league with only sacrificing 16 sacks, and the Steelers are fourth, only sacrificing 20 sacks per game. So uh, really good offensive lines there, especially when healthy. Turnover differential: the Saints are tied at eighth with just uh, with with plus eight. And then the Steelers are all the way back at 28th, and their turnover differential is negative 9, and they only have four fumble recoveries on the year. Darius Leonard for the Indianapolis Colts has four fumble recoveries by himself this season, just to put it in perspective. So that's that's kind of their weak area. Uh, But before I move on to defense, Charlie, uh, these offensive stats, any of them really stand out to you? Any of them uh, uh, give you a clear indication of uh, uh, any team having an advantage? Because... Seems a little bit balanced. Uh, both teams are good in some areas. They they both have their their corks, but the Saints really don't rank uh, far below. And um, in, and in most of these offensive stats and the Steelers do rank pretty far below in a couple of these, especially rush yards per game. Uh, and they're going up against the number one rush defense in the league in the New Orleans Saints. So uh, any of these really stand out to you uh, that that kind of make a clear cut advantage for either team?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean the fact that they don't they don't run the ball as much, I suppose, kind of stands out. And then, you know, when you first see that, you, you attribute that to to no Le'Veon Bell. But when mm-hmm. you look at it, I think last, last year, Le'Veon Bell was averaging, you know, I think the past couple years, he's averaged below four yards a carry. Like, I, I want to say last year was 3.8 yards a carry. Um, and then James Conner actually is doing better than him. I think with the Steelers, it's just that they're – their strength on their offense, by far, is the passing game. Their offensive line is very, very strong. Big Ben is still a good quarterback, and their wide receivers are, are in my opinion, the best in the league. They have the best wide receiving, I guess, top two duo in the league. So that kind of, that kind of tells you right there the strength of the offense. So the fact that they don't run really that much, you, you know, you kind of that's kind of a dicey situation where if, if uh, uh, you know, you get behind, um, or even if you get ahead, it's probably kind of hard to, to hold a lead because you're not able to really control clock and run and run the game, game out. But, you know, I do know that they have a great offensive line. I mean, they have, in my opinion, a top three offensive line, maybe even a top two offensive line. So our, our front four, um, definitely going to have their their work cut out for them trying to get to Big Ben, who, who in his own right is really hard to get down, much mm-hmm. like Cam Newton is.
0: Yeah, Big Ben can scramble. He's also big body, so it's not like, you know, taking down a, a guy Drew Brees' size. It's taking down a pretty massive quarterback there. Uh, so that's definitely going to be something to look out for. On the defensive side of the ball, um, Steelers have, uh, over the past, pretty much since week four, the Saints have been a, a really, really good defensive team, especially by Saints standards, barring the game against uh, uh, Saint or uh, Los Angeles Rams, um, and, uh, I mean, Maybe you could argue uh, the first half against the Buccaneers was not very impressive at all, but still only gave up a total of 14 points. So really, since week four, Saints have been uh, doing really, really well there in defense, and the Steelers have been up and down. So points per game. The Saints are tied seventh in the league, only sacrificing about 21 points per game. The Steelers are 15th, sacrificing a little over 22.5 points per game. Total yards per game, this is interesting. The Saints are 11th at 341.6. Has to do with them being up, giving up a lot of passing yards. And the Steelers are 9th at 333.5 um, total yards per game sacrificed. Rush yards per game, this is where the Saints rank first, on giving up 79.1 rushing yards per game. And the Steelers aren't too far behind at 6th, giving up 96.9 rush yards per game. And, of course, that's due to guys like uh, Cam Hayward, uh, Javon Hargrove, Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, who are also really good pass rushers for that team. They've been doing a really good job there. John Bostic there uh, is is good in run support. Um, And that has led to them being, you know, only uh, sixth in the league in rush yard sacrifice per game. Pass yards per game given up on defense. The Saints are 28th, giving up 262.5 pass yards per game. The Steelers are 13th, giving up 236.5. And for third down conversion percentage, this is actually where the, the Saints are struggling, but it's not too bad. The margin isn't as big. The Saints rank 27th in the league uh, and the uh, opponents third down conversion percentage against the Saints defense is 40.29%. In perspective, the Steelers are seventh and they only sacrifice 36.42% of third down. So that's only really a 4% difference. Uh, obviously seems a little bit bigger when you think of how many third down conversions these teams make, but not that huge of a margin, but the Saints definitely are there pretty far back in the league. Um, haven't made... Uh, two too many improvements, but definitely better than last season. And the Saints and uh, sacks are tied for fourth with 45, right behind the Steelers, who are tied at second with 46 sacks uh, on the year. So really only one sack separates these really good front sevens. And here's the stat of the day I want to go over. Uh, the Steelers average seven penalties per game, which is the 15th most in the league. And the Saints average five and a half penalties per game, which is third least in the league. And it might not seem like a penalty and a half, um, you know, per game is a lot. But that's, you know, 150 to 200 yards against your team per game difference. And that could definitely uh, be the difference between a win and a loss big time. So um, any of these defensive stats stand out to you. Charlie, obviously we knew that the Steelers were good at getting to the quarterback. um, And we knew that they were also, you know, fairly good there in the run game. But Saints have the big advantage there, Rush uh, running. Pass yards per game, not so much, but that is because teams have had to play some catch-up with them, um, and it's definitely kind of evened out over the past few weeks uh, with the improvement in Eli Apple, Marshawn Lattimore locking guys down, Von Bell stepping up. Uh, anything stand out to you, uh, especially the penalties, kind of speaks to the lack of discipline there maybe for the Steelers?
1: Yeah, the Steelers have had some weird,
0: like,
1: brainless moments this season. The penalties are one thing. Um, you know, losing to the Raiders was kind of weird mm-hmm. the Steelers have been a like a head scratcher to me this year you know it's some weeks they look like an absolute Super Bowl team you know when they're beating beaten or it's completely destroying the Panthers and then they have weird games where they lose to the Bengals or they lose to the Raiders you know they're they're a weird team to figure out what I do know is that they have a crap load of talent um like we said on pass rush TJ Watt um, has one sack less than Cameron Jordan, who's our All-Pro defensive end. So and Cam's got 12, um, you know, and that's really going to be the key to this game. Is depending on which offense lawsuit up for this game, are they going to be able to protect Drew and give him time to make to make reads? And and we have to get our running game going. That's going to be paramount in keeping that that you know those wide receivers off the field. And uh, stat-wise. You know, I think that it's just two really good teams going against each other. To, to be honest with you, I think we're we're not necessarily clones of each other, but we're pretty evenly matched.
0: Yeah, absolutely, especially there on the on the defensive side of the ball. And you you mentioned them losing against Oakland. Not only did they lose against Oakland, so they had lost before they uh, defeated uh, the Patriots last week. They had lost three games in a row. Um, and, and their defense was definitely suspect in all three of these games. They had poor performances against Oakland, Los Angeles Chargers, Denver, and even against New England, they did not do that great. The Pats killed themselves with 14 penalties, which were worth 106 yards. You don't see that often with the Bill Belichick team. And they were only 0-3 in the red zone, right. including an interception. Uh, so the Steelers' defense really didn't do anything spectacular against this um, New England team, they were only The only good thing they did was holding them to the 10 points overall, but they still gave up a lot of yards. The Patriots, like I said, killed themselves with so many penalties in the yards. You don't see that with the Drew, uh, Bill Belichick-Tom Brady team very often at all, um, but it was still a nail-biting win for the Steelers um, against New England, which is big momentum, even though they had dud games against the Raiders, who are one of the worst teams in the league, the Broncos, who aren't going to make the playoffs there in the AFC, um, and then the, the Chargers, they only lost by three points against the Chargers, but... Um but sandwich between there was them losing against the Raiders and losing against the broncos so i'm not i'm not i'm not this is why what, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show even though this this team on paper has talent and has pretty good uh stats to stack up against the saints I'm not worried about them. Because of what I've seen over the last four games from these guys. The offense should definitely be scoring more points than they have. And you could say that about the Saints too. But it's definitely because we are lacking the number two, number three receiver there on the team. If we had another, if we had a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster opposite Michael Thomas, it'd be a whole different ballgame. We'd be scoring more points. And that's what you should expect out of the Steelers. On the defensive side of the ball, when you guys, when you have talent, Cam Hayward, Joe Hayden had a big interception against the Patriots last week there in the red zone. Uh, but before, uh, earlier in the season, he hasn't done too much to impress. He did, he did win AFC Defensive Player of the Year, 12 tackles and a pick. Um, but other than that, he hasn't really impressed. So, when, and you have Cam Hayward, TJ Watt there, you have John Bostic, um, you have uh, some really impressive guys there, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and you're losing to teams, giving up 24 points to both the Broncos and the, the Raiders, and your offense isn't able to answer, I'm not impressed by that. And scoring 17 against the Steelers defense, which has also been good, uh, uh, Stefan Gilmore has been good. Outside of that, their pass rush has just been non-existent. So, of course, guys like Ben Roethlisberger are supposed to be tearing them up. But you only score 17 points against these guys uh, uh, with with a pretty much a fully healthy squad other than James Conner being out. Um, and and you give up uh, obviously only ten points, but you could have easily given up anywhere from from nineteen to twenty eight to thirty points there, um, and losing by double digits almost to the Patriots. So I'm not impressed, uh, especially after what I've seen over the last four games with the talent that the Steelers have. They definitely should be doing more, and now they're going up against a, a legitimate defense. Uh, we, we I mean Von Von Miller makes that Denver's Broncos defense legitimate, but they've definitely been up and down, losing to a, a lot of games this season. Um and by the way, Von Von Miller it's crazy. He, this is the 8th season and he's already the leading sack getter in uh Denver Broncos history. Absolutely crazy. He's an absolute beast. Um but Yeah. Coming into this game, Charlie, I, I guess obviously um do you do you have the same feelings uh that I do towards the Steelers? Are are you not too impressed? Do you think they're pretty suspect? Um and do you think uh, their momentum win against the Uh, Patriots from last week will be able to carry over into the Superdome, or do you think the Saints are going to be pretty motivated enough to kind of cancel that out there at home?
1: Well, a couple things. I think the Raiders this year have done a good job, uh, and I use good um, um, not literally, but what they've done is they've done a good job playing to their competition. They play down to the bad teams, and they play up to the good teams. Um, I think that's why you kinda saw them, you know, lose to the to the Raiders and have a bad game against the Broncos and such. Um, they definitely play to their competition. They got up for that New England game. I mean, yeah, you know, the Patriots they only scored what seventeen points that game, but mm. the Patriots are still the Patriots. Um and the Patriots kind of shot themselves in the foot that game. Tom had a terrible game. Yeah. Um and I think that the Steelers are a pretty well coached team. I think they're, they're going to build off that momentum with the Patriots or that win against the Patriots. And I think that, um, you know, I think they're going to come into the dome ready to play. I, I you know, and, and I, I just hope that getting back in the dome and getting some home cooking will help, will help us match. I mean, we're, we're kind of just, you know, sprint to get to that number one seed. And if we can get it this weekend, you know, good. but as far as motivation and momentum, I think both these teams are, are evenly matched there. I don't, I don't think that we have an edge or they have an edge, but, but you know, I think they they play to their to their opponents. So I think they'll be very, very, very up for this Saints game.
0: Yeah. And usually it's always an exciting game against these two teams, so um, that'll be obviously interesting to watch to see if that is the case for the Steelers, if they are just able to uh, flip a switch and, uh, you know, play up and, you know, going up against a bad team, play down. Um, definitely could, could be the case there. Um, and, like, like I said, the Steelers have won three of their last four, um, but the Saints have won 12 of their last 13. So even with fatigue for the Saints, they're still winning games, finding ways to win, especially these last two weeks after, um, you know, that shocking loss against Dallas on Thursday night. Um, and the 12 of their last 13, with the fatigue, um, they're still finding ways to win. And uh, I think that they're going to have the momentum. They're going to have the home crowd rocking. I think that's going to be a big factor. And hopefully that will rejuvenate them a little bit. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll see Drew Brees maybe fling the ball down the field. Maybe see, hopefully, Dan Arnold catch some balls and not drop it into an interception. Um, and, and see more targets to to Mike Thomas. you got to target him more than nine times uh, going up against a soft secondary uh, that was playing zone against him like the Panthers were on Monday night. So I'm hoping to see that. Uh, let, let, let's actually, before we get into our X-Factors real quick, uh, let's talk about uh, the, the front sevens of both teams. Uh, New Orleans, if they're able to play at somewhat full strength on the offensive line there, going up against this really good pass rush there of the Sealers that are second in the league uh, in sacks. Um, if, if they're playing at close to full strength, let's say Armstead plays, say Pete, I, I mean, if I, if if uh, Toron Armstead plays, Andres Pete is healthy. Sounds like Max Unger is going to play. Then then we got a full uh, healthy offensive line. Are they going to be able to keep up with uh, T.J. Cam Hayward, Bud Dupree? Are they going to be able to keep them away from Drew Brees uh, for the game? Are you confident enough in the offense to kind of kind of hold Drew Brees uh, be, to, to be safe yet again?
1: Uh, it all depends. It depends who suits up. If we get Armstead back and he's you know, he's good to go. Unger looks like he might be good to go. Um, I'm not – you know, I used to know the process of the concussion protocol, um, but for some reason I forgot it. <laughs> so it looks like he practiced today, so that tells me that he's probably out of protocol. But typically by Saturday, tomorrow, we'll we'll, we'll know if Unger is out. Um, so if we get our starting five uh, on the line, I feel very confident in protecting Drew Brees. It's if Armstead can't go and and Bushrod can't go, then yeah. my assumption is that uh, Will Clapp will come in at guard and they'll kick Pete out to left tackle, who's not a bad left tackle. I mean, no. he was a left tackle coming out. I mean, at Stanford, he was a good left tackle. He was he was regarded by many draft scouts as the best left tackle of that draft. You um, kind of... Jammed a uh, what is it a round or a square peg into a round hole is mm-hmm. as is as a tackle going into being a guard. Right. We've done a pretty good job of that, although I, I think he's he's definitely our worst offensive lineman. Um, but depending on our front five, if our if our starting five are in, I feel pretty good about Drew being, being um protected. And I think and I think uh you know us fans are dying for those bombs to uh, Ted Ginn and Terry Kwan. I really don't think that will be the case this week, regardless if we have our top five or not. I think it'll be more so of the intermediate down to short game in the passing. You know, and if there's some shots there, you know, we better believe that Sean Payton are going to take them. But I think it's going to be more so the short to intermediate passing game, Um, you know, regardless of who's on the line.
0: It'll be uh, throwing bombs to Keith Kirkwood yet again for, for, for the second week in a row. That's what I'm hoping for. Maybe even Tom Lee Lewis, man, re- redeeming himself for that fumble. What's uh,
1: up with every time Kirkwood catches one of these long seam passes? He's right next to another wide
0: receiver. It's right. like,
1: are you running the wrong
0: damn
1: – The other guy running the wrong – Because I'm pretty sure that the plays haven't been dialed up that way. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He was uh uh yeah. Oh, it was against uh I think uh, another catch against Atlanta too. He was right next to a guy. It was the touchdown against uh, Dallas uh and then last week against uh Carolina on that third what was it? 3rd and 20, 3rd and 15. 3rd uh, and 18. 3rd and Yep. 3rd and 18. 18. Yep. Third and 18 uh, yeah catching that long bomb. That was, that was really impressive to get that first down. That that got me out of my seat there. Uh, but yeah, he was right next to another receiver. Um so crazy stuff. Maybe maybe just meant to be, man. Maybe just meant to be. Uh, and, and the Saints didn't realize it when they did <laughs> the play. Um, and on the flip side, he's tough though. I like yeah, Kirkwood. Me too. Me too. Uh, he was a, a steal, really. I mean, undrafted guy uh, we were able a to big sign shot. Him. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah, he, took, he catches that
1: that third and eighteen, and uh, um, uh, Mike Adams, I guess, the safety from the Panthers, just yeah. drills him right in his back right yeah. when he catches the ball, and he holds on to it, man. Tough as nails. Not
0: even phased. Really impressive. Uh, And on the flip side for the Saints, of course, they're going to need to prove, uh, yet again, they are the number one rush defense in the league against a team that seems to rush the ball well with whoever they have in the backfield, or at least uh, get the running back going, and of course, like I said... Uh, Jalen Samuels was able to get a lot of uh, catches, and and that's kind of how James Conner thrived as well. Uh, but still, really good offensive line. Saints are going to need to prove that they're the number one rush defense again, and their secondary is improving as well. Are they going to be able to—because it, it, it's really tough to see this team balance themselves out, but they did it well against Carolina— uh, the only touchdown they gave up was, you know, a 50-yard tr- play touchdown pass from Christian McCaffrey. Other than that, Panthers didn't move the ball very well at all against this team. Uh, Eli Apple had the interception, um, and as did—who uh, had the other interception? Totally blanking on it now. Was it Anzalone?
1: In the Panther game? In the
0: Panthers game, yeah. Didn't he throw two picks?
1: No, we had two turnovers. There was the Eli Apple interception, right. and then there was the, the Von fumble Bell recovery. fumble.
0: Right, right, right. And AJ Klein had the fumble recovery. Um, either way, defense was yeah. fantastic against uh, Carolina. Other than the the trick play, uh, they were able to... Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was talking about. Yeah, there was only one interception and one fumble recovery. Um, but... Are they going to be able to be that balanced against Pittsburgh? Uh, Again, Eli Apple was was playing really well uh, against Carolina, and he's stepped up the past couple weeks. Uh, But he's probably going to be going up against uh, Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster. Marshawn Lattimore will be opposite, going up against Antonio Brown. Hasn't faced him yet in his young career. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore has gone up against really impressive receivers in the past, but hasn't played against Antonio Brown yet. Uh, Von Bellis stepping up, Marcus Williams... Um, you know, is, is up and down, but it seems to be he's getting back to his old form. And then, of course, we have that front seven that has Sheldon Rankins, Cam Jordan, David Onyemata, Taylor Stallworth, uh, Marcus Davenport, and and Alex Okafor. Um, and behind them, of course, uh, Alex Anzalone, uh, A.J. Klein, and uh, Demario Davis, Pro Bowl snub, over 100 tackles on the year, very athletic linebacker core. Are we going to be able to be balanced against this really talented team? Do you see any linebacker course, secondary, front four, any of them slipping up at all, perhaps being caught off guard or, or are you expecting another balanced effort there from this defense?
1: I think the defense is it, it, I I think we can all be believers in the defense. I don't think we'll see a major slip up. I mean, we are you know, when was the last game we saw an offense that had this firepower? You know, I'm going to go ahead and say what Minnesota
0: uh, uh um los angeles
1: oh yeah well that's right the the rams were after yeah the vikings in right the right in yeah. the rams yeah and the rams did a, a pretty good job i mean we we jumped out to that early lead right um it capitalized off some turnovers as far you know anzalone's turnover and then the miss miss, but the failed uh fake punt you know we mm-hmm. we sort of made them pay um you know, I don't want to discount anything from the defense. I do think the defense is playing at an elite level. I'm just saying, you know, since they've kind of come into form and been really dominate, they we really haven't faced an offense that is this potent. I mean, I guess you could say that as far as yards per game are in the top five maybe even top three um
0: but that was but just you know, from some skewed games earlier in the season i i, I wouldn't necessarily count that yeah, as a right. great offense
1: yeah I mean, they they do have good weapons i mean that wide receiving core is good mm-hmm. Jameis has played better but you know the cowboys don't they're not world beaters um you know cam newton and their wide receiving core is absolutely horrendous um you know so i think that we've kind of played some teams that weren't very high powered in our defense and that's okay because shutting those teams down does nothing but build confidence in our defense and in defense especially in the secondary i mean that's like your number one thing man outside of knowing your assignments and adjustments and all that man you really got to have the confidence to go out there and make some stops so i i don't know if we're going to be able to hold them to you know 13 14 points or 12.3 that we've been averaging over the last 6 weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we do then <laughs> then uh, I'm going to feel really good about the Saints winning the Super Bowl this year. Oh yeah. But I think um, you know, I think if we can hold them to under 20, that I think the 20 the 20 point mark I think is our is the sweet spot if if our can can do that, can hold them below 20 even get them at 20 you know at home that should be good enough for the saints offense to win the game
0: yeah that would just mean we would have to score three touchdowns and i think we can score three touchdowns against this defense especially at home um so let's let's before we get score predictions uh let's jump into our x factors for the game so give me one to two x factors on both offense and defense i'll actually i'll start out and and we'll start out with uh something that we we didn't really talk about too too much uh, and it's the weapons for drew brees my X Factor for the game, really simple, Michael Thomas. We know that the weapons around Drew Brees, they are what they are. Keith Kirkwood, he is what he is. We're still trying to kind of, you know, figure out, but it seems like he's a deep threat. seems like he's a big-body guy who can make tough catches. Other than that, we haven't seen too much out of him to to determine anything. Ted Jr. Is still out, so we don't have a true deep threat. Dan Arnold is a big-body guy. Uh, Benjamin Watson is, is a really nice tight end, too, but neither of them are consistent enough. Uh, to be a number one tight end uh, for the team. Pass catching Josh Hill is a very good uh, screen tight end. He, he can block okay, but other than that, we really have to utilize him as a kind of specialty tight end there in the pass game. Austin Carr it, coming out of the slot just doesn't get enough looks, period, and Traquan Smith is uh, kind of up and down, very out of it, so to speak, at times. The only consistent guy there that uh, other than Avin Kamar and Mark Ingram, I'm, I'm excluding them, we know what they can do. They're great out of the backfield. But in terms of outside perimeter guys for uh, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas is the one consistent he's had. Get Michael Thomas the ball. If the Steelers are double-teaming him, that's where you, 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 you need to start f- uh, dumping down to Kamara, trying to find new weapons. But if Michael Thomas is as open as he was against Carolina – I, you're going to need to get him the ball. And that's also why Michael Thomas is the X-Factor. Is he's going to need to do some extra work to get open and find those windows for Drew Brees to hit him. So I'm going to be looking out for Michael Thomas to get the ball a lot. Um, and I also think uh, uh, whoever plays center, whether it's Max Unger or Cameron Tom there, um, is going to be really, really important as well. That's my other X-Factor on offense. On defense, I'm going with guy who impressed me so much last game, Vaughn Bell. I think his, his tenacious effort... His uh, you know, he's uh, a utility safety. He can play the pass game. He can play deep, but he also really likes playing the box. He can blitz. He can get some sacks, as we we saw against Cam Newton last week, uh, and we've seen multiple times this year. Uh, he's 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 a Swiss Army knife guy, and he's finally getting into his own. Uh, with Kurt Coleman officially, you know, being behind him, uh, Von Bell knows he's the starter. So I'm be looking for him to make some really important plays, getting in the backfield, getting Ben Roethlisberger also being really tough and delivering some hits possibly causing another turnover, as he did really, really clutch um, punch out there against D.J. Moore against Carolina. Um, and then my other guy, lockdown guy, Marshawn Lattimore. Play the game. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Absolutely play the game. Uh, stopped the Steelers, uh, stopped the Panthers from getting any points there, as they surely would have at least gotten a field goal, and it would have been a completely different ballgame. Um, and my other guy is Marshawn Lattimore. It, whether or not he's going up against um, Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster for the majority of the game, you got to lock that guy down. Um, and Marshall Lattimore has been playing fairly impressive over the past few games as his defense has been thriving. I um, mean, he's really only truly been burnt once on a touchdown this season. Absolutely burnt. That was week one against Mike Evans. Um, and I think he's, he's bounced back from them. Yep. So uh, Marshall Lattimore shut down, whoever you're going up against make uh, Ben Roethlisberger look for other options. Um, and, i guess it'll just play itself out because cornerback is really the most uh wild position there in football it's the it's so hard to play well week in and week out consistently in today's nfl as a cornerback going up against talented wide receivers offensive schemes the new rules um you can't you know touch touch wide receivers as much you, you get a lot of uh, fouls so lockdown corners are, are starting to fade out but Marshawn Lattimore, can you do it i believe in you man he's my other x-factor charlie take it away man give me your x-factors
1: Okay, X Factor for me is going to be, uh, well, on defense, it's going to be Marcus Davenport. Um, going to need to, I, I feel confident with Rankins coming up the middle, um, you know, maybe working his spin move and hitting some shimmies. Cameron Jordan, I think, is going to be fired up, especially because of the smack talk he was talking about Big Ben. Um, I think this is when. This is a game where we need uh, Marcus Davenport to really, really get after the quarterback um, and, and disrupt Big Ben's, you know, ability to sit back there and throw the ball. And if we can do that, if we can get, you know, the two guys coming off the edge, um, not letting Ben, you know, scramble around the field and, and, and do what he does best and, you know, shrug, shrug you know, defensive ends off of him to complete 30-yard passes down the sidelines. I mean – you know we could get into what cam jordan said about big ben i love cam jordan um mm-hmm. you know he's he's one of my favorite saints of all time i'm not i don't really agree with what cam had to say i, I think uh didley is a first ballot hall of famer and um and and you know he's 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 thrown some of the most incredible passes that I've ever seen in this era of football. I mean, I think the best pure passer of this era has been Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is the best pure passer of the football ever. Agreed. Um, But I've seen Big Ben make some absolutely ridiculous throws that I don't think anyone else in the league can make because of his size and strength. Um, You know, the the off-the-field stuff with Big Ben – you know I don't want really to get into that because that's that's garbage and I don't really like garbage on the podcast as much. But as far as on the field football stuff, uh, <laughs> I I sort of disagree with with Cam and and I don't understand why Cam would give them locker room material to be to this game. I mean all that's going to do is is sort of rally the troops behind Big Ben and give Big Ben added motivation. So I I I don't not really. Sure cam's head was I, I did think that his reaction to the question was funny as hell and i'm waiting for mm-hmm. somebody to create a gif out of that
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but um yeah so but anyways getting back to x-factor's name my x-factor on defense is gonna be marcus davenport can we get you know a consistent pass rush hit big ben um get him off his mark don't let him do what he does best because I, I have the confidence in 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 the entire defense to do what they need to do but i think it all is going to come down to the pass rush um and then offense, did you do offense or are we still on defense?
0: Yeah, go ahead do offense. Yeah, yeah no, I did both, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's right. You, you you yeah. Um you know, you talked about Kirkwood is I'm going to ask you, sure. is Kirkwood our number 2 wide receiver right now?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still looking at Trey Smith as the number 2 guy, but the guy who's actually been showing up as a number 2 has been Keith Kirkwood. Anyway. Exactly.
1: I think in the lineups and all that and the snaps and such, yeah. I think it's it's been It's been Traquan, but as far as the production, Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of becoming Keith Kirkwood. Absolutely. So, so I guess on offense, my
0: Alvin Kamara is my answer. That's number two.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for sure, but I think uh, you know, outside of the offensive line being an uh, an X factor of its own, my my X factor is going to be is actually going to go back to Traquan Smith. I was I was sort of up between Keith Kirkwood. You know, I was thinking Keith Kirkwood and see if he could continue to ascend to actually insert himself you know, and solidify himself as that number two wide receiver. But I'm going to do Traquan Smith because Traquan Smith is a completely different wide receiver at home. He, he has lit it up at home. He scored mm-hmm. – what all of his touchdowns have been at home, um, you know, the long balls at home. Uh, I, I'm going to say it's him. It, you know, this is a game where Traquan needs to step up and and reassert himself as the number two depending on what happens with ted ginn jr if he doesn't go then absolutely if he does then then i don't know i guess maybe the x-factor at that point becomes ted ginn because we need to see what he can do um you know first game back from injury
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so a lot of eyes pretty much on receiving receivers the receiving core for the saints and rightfully so as again nobody has really been able to step up and also, I think uh, we're going to need to see a little bit more out of, and I, I know how, how fantastic he is, and I hate when we have to criticize him, but the way he's been playing, we're going to need to see some more out of Drew Brees. We're going to need to see some more accuracy. We're going to need to see some more. I mean, just, just take take a little bit more risks, Drew, um, because, and, and, and again, the play calling for the Saints has been somewhat aggressive, more aggressive trying to get Drew Brees back into a rhythm, but it's still a lot of screens, a lot of dump downs, and that's okay to, to kind of get his confidence back, but, Take, take more shots down the field like you did to, to Keith Kirkwood because, I mean, really, only, only what one of Drew Brees' intercepts, and, and a lot of times they'll lead to pass interference calls like it did with Michael Thomas going down. Take some shots down the field more, Drew. Trust, trust may, maybe part of it is, is Drew Brees not fully trusting in his guys at his age and really the only guy you can fully trust in Michael Thomas right and, and Ted Ginn Jr. and Benjamin Watson, so to speak. Uh, rightfully so because those are the veterans and those are the guys that know the offense. But still, tr- get a little bit more trust in your guys and, throw him a bone once in a while and 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 maybe that'll that'll work a little bit better for the saints offense but but we'll see maybe it is just all on the receivers and and finding a number two guy um but again we'll have to see um and currently for the game the spread is the saints at six point favorites and the over under is set at 53 right now it's time for score predictions charlie who you got give us a score tell us why go ahead
1: Okay, real quick before I do my score prediction, um, John De- Deshazer, the uh, writer for the Saints at NewOrleansSaints.com, tweeted uh, for the Saints on Sunday: Bushrod is out, and Ooh. it looks like Teron Armstead is a full go. Okay. Um, so okay. there's that. I'm going to uh, go out on a limb here. So it's a six point spread in favor of the Saints, and the over unders like yeah, right, like fifty three, fifty three and a half. If I was a betting man. <clears throat> I would I would take the points and I would I would take the under. Um okay. Now just because I said that, the opposite is going to happen. Right. This is going to be a score fest.
0: Forty-two to forty, final score.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So I'm going to go out on a limb on this pick, and I just want to preface this with saying with with uh, saying I don't want anyone to ever question my love and dedication to the Saints, but I need to be subjective and not a complete objective fan i mean fan is the root word of fanatic um and i'm gonna say the saints lose this game 26 to 20
0: wow wow okay i i
1: I don't feel good about the offense honestly i think the offense is in a is in a funk and i think the funk has been created because the team is absolutely exhausted drew breeze you know i love uh kevin washington um his saints talk podcast most of the time it's nick but you know nick is busy so sometimes it's ian the other guy and you know what those guys said on their podcast, you know, directly after the game, you know, and this is this is with emotions being fresh and all that. But even still, as I've kind of chewed on the idea throughout the week, you know, they said Drew Brees is 39 years old and he looks tired. I 100 percent could not agree more. Brees looks tired. He looks physically tired. He looks emotionally and, and mentally just drained because he's trying to get this offense to work with younger wide receivers who he just doesn't have the rapport with yet. And and then sprinkling in some Taysom, you know. And honestly, these last two weeks, okay, the play of the game overall against the Panthers was the Vaughn-Bill strip, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The Eli Apple interception was huge. Absolutely. But offensively, it was Taysom Hill again who got us getting rolling with points on the board. That 17-yard run, yeah, what set up the touchdown to Alvin Kamara the week before. The block punt completely changed the entire makeup of the game, yeah. And I just, how many weeks can we live off of that in a row? How many games can we win because Taysom Hill throws a bomb down the middle to Michael Thomas like he did against the uh, the Vikings? I mean, I, I love Taysom Hill. I want a lot of Taysom Hill. I love the trick plays. I love. The packages and the cool stuff with them but, but you
0: can't rely on him to you be can't the rely
1: team. on you have drew Brees, who's the best passer of the football of all time he's he's in my opinion the greatest quarterback of all time even though he doesn't have the hardware to back it up it has to be a traditional offense that can win you games and i think this offense is tired i think the defense is 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 playing at an elite level but they're going to be stressed versus this team because i'm going to operate under the assumption that juju smith's users is playing and I don't think James Conner is going to play, but it doesn't matter because the oh. Angels looked great last week. He looked yeah. like Le'Veon Bell last week.
0: Well, I actually, so I'm going to go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. All, all I was going to say is just to
1: kind of wrap up my pick is, you know, I, I think the saints are going to be the number one seed, but I don't think it's going to happen this Sunday because I just think that this offense, it's just in a weird funk and it's tired. And I think, I think we're going to see some more production out of the offense this week, but I just don't know if it's going to be back to where it needs to be. And again, fans, don't take this the wrong way. I love my Saints, but I can't pick them to win every single game. I think we'll have a little bit, you know more of a slip up here. And then next week, you know, going against the Panthers is when we'll actually wrap up the number one seed. And all will be well in the world. But this week, I'm gonna go 26 to 20. The Steelers steal a game in the dome, mm. bet the under take the points for the uh, Steelers. It might
0: be good for the Saints to get a loss at this time of the year, maybe a little bit of a wake-up call, going into the playoffs. Well, I think that's
1: what the Dallas game was. I think the Dallas sure. game was definitely a wake-up call, but,
0: but we how much did much we wake up from? Exactly. have offense haven't...
1: hasn't woken up. Exactly. You know, that's is the is a thing. sleeping giant, and you know maybe yeah maybe this is one last wake up call that the offense needs but i i don't necessarily think it's a it's a wake up call i think the offense is tired and in a deep 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 funk mm-hmm. and these young guys are not stepping up for Drew Brees they're not they're dropping passes ben watson i love him he's one of my favorite football players of all time more so because of what he does off the field than on the field but there has been several times this year when Breeze has dropped a perfect pass into his breadbasket, mm-hmm. and he lets a little safety or a little cornerback knock it out of his hands. Yeah, secure the ball. These are huge plays that we cannot afford for you to drop the ball. You, Dan Arnold, I know that's that was a hard catch for you, but you know if you want to be. The main man, as far as a receiving tight end on this offense, that's a pass you have to get your big hands on, put it to your chest, and pivot away from from the ball. Getting you know, it's just these young guys are not stepping up for Drew Brees, and it's going to take a couple weeks of retooling some things going into the playoffs, and that's why I begrudgingly am picking against the Saints this week, and I hope to God. Saints beat the hell out of me. Make me look like a complete moron and make me turn my microphone off this week. Score forty points. Win forty five to, to thirteen and let's go rolling into the playoffs with a with a two week break. Okay. I just can't make that pick right now.
0: It's tough. We miss you, Jimmy Graham. Uh, and definitely Oh, he misses us too. Oh yeah, no, we know. He should he he knows he made the wrong decision this offseason. He's a, he he's silly goose. And James Conner before we end the podcast, he is officially listed as out on Sunday for the Steelers, and Juju Smith-Schuster is still listed as questionable. Um, and, and same thing, he didn't practice during the open portion of the media, so not sure if he, if he really practiced at all, but he was suited up. So, But Connor is the big change. He's officially out uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and of course Bushrod, as Charlie mentioned, is officially out for the Saints as well. Um, but my score prediction still isn't changing. Um, you know, I've picked the Saints to lose a couple times this season. I have, especially early on in, in, in the year when I thought that they were going to get over some uh, funks. I didn't, I didn't pick them to lose against the Bucks. I picked them to lose against uh, a couple other teams. But I'm going with the Saints winning this game even though, um, like I said, the Steelers are fantastic on paper. They're a great team overall. I'm just not impressed with them what I've seen over the past four games. And I think the Saints coming back home, again, what, what, what is the common denominator over, over these past three games the Saints have struggled they're all on the road, and they were all uh, against teams that had a really, really good uh, advantage somewhere. I mean, obviously the Dallas Dallas's front seven and their defense had a bit, had a big advantage there for them. Um, Tampa Bay had the high power offense that they were able to show off there in the fir- first half. They were one of the best passing teams in the league, um, and then you go up against uh, Carolina, who also had a, a really good year in and year out. They have a great defense. Um, and they were able to exploit some stuff of the Saints. They were division rivals, much like what the Bucks were. So they have a little bit more, um, you know, tape on the Saints and whatnot. But coming home against the Sealers, who really their their biggest advantage is one that they don't have over the Saints that much, and that's sacks. And uh, the Saints are right behind them, so it could very much balance out. Um, other than that, the the team doesn't really have a huge advantage there over the Saints, and the Saints are coming home. So I'm picking the Saints winning. I think they're going to end up scoring 27 points. And I know that's a lot for how much this offense has been struggling, but I think being back home will do them favors, and I think Michael Thomas will get a lot of looks. Uh, so I'm picking the Saints winning 27, uh, and I'm going to say the, the Steelers are going to score 20, so I'm still picking the under there. I don't think either team will go over the 50, or the, the score will go over the 53-point mark. But 27-20, to 20, I have the I have the New Orleans Saints winning. We don't have anything from Tyler. We don't really have any notes from him or a score prediction I'm guessing uh, he'll say something along the lines of, uh, you know what, guys? It's funny. Uh, the Steelers are, are pretty good on uh, both sides of the ball. But with James Conner out, with our offensive line uh, uh, maybe being a little bit more healthy than last week, I got the Saints winning. I got them winning 31-17. to 17. So that, That's yeah, probably what would have been dude, Tyler's dude, that's score.
1: spot on Tyler right there. <laughs> Tyler, if you're listening, when you listen to this podcast, we love you. We're having a little bit of fun because you're not on the podcast. But here's, here's you, Tyler. Tyler right here. Here's you, Tyler. here's Tyler. Here's Ty- when I'm not. Hey, when I'm on the po- podcast, you guys can totally mock me all you want because <laughs> that's actually some funny comedy. Here's here's Tyler. Here's Tyler. Here,
0: here's Tyler. <laughs> um, you know man. what?
1: You know what, guys? It's funny. Uh, thinking about this game, and you know, I think getting back into the dome. I think we're gonna, you know, everyone's gonna show up, and uh, you know, I think we're gonna win. It's gonna be a big win. The Saints are gonna win. Uh, Thirty-eight <laughs> to ten. Take there it to the bank oh
0: man love you tyler love you tyler, love you, tyler. Man, tyler. Is... <laughs> see what happens if you miss an episode <laughs> yeah man um oh man yeah i feel like i feel like that's exactly what he would have said but um i will update you on our twitter with the poll obviously when we get tyler's score official score yeah. it'll probably be one of the one of the two we just listed off so
1: 500 to nothing the same <laughs> split
0: he, uh, he, he, well, ever since he jinxed us saying we put up a 50 piece against the, the Cowboys, I've been a uh, li- little skeptical of score predictions, so <laughs> we'll really have to see what he says. Um, but, uh, that's all the time we have for today's show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, obviously be sure to follow us on Twitter at the WDD podcast. You can follow Charlie at St. Charlie. Anything you want to say, Charlie, before we sign off?
1: Nope. Just, uh, Saints fans don't beat me up yeah. and Saints go out there and, uh, prove me wrong.
0: Yeah, if uh, if the Saints end up winning, you be sure to tweet Charlie at Saint Charlie and, and give him a give him a mouthful. Uh, oh, and I'll love
1: it. I'll I'll accept it all with open arms because a win is all I care about. Mm-hmm, exactly. I don't care about being right. I care about a win.
0: Oh, and you just see you just put yourself in a win-win position as well, right? If the if the Saints lose against the Steelers, you get to come back on the podcast and say, "All right, my prediction was right. I was accurate." Uh, and then, but if, I mean, if they win, you come back on the show and say, Hey, my prediction wasn't right. Thank God it wasn't right. The saints won. So exactly. It's one, one situation for you.
1: There's a method behind the, uh, the,
0: uh,
1: the madness of picking against your favorite sports team. Uh,
0: you can also follow the guy who wasn't here that we love Tyler Raymond at Raymond Tyler M on Twitter. You can follow myself at Dayton underscore Brown underscore also on at the WDD podcast, our uh, Twitter handle for the podcast. We just put out a poll. Uh, asking you guys, uh, we talked about it last episode, Tyler and I did, uh, which NFC team are you most worried about? Um, and obviously, uh, you, a lot of people are saying um, or agreeing with a couple tweets saying uh, they're not worried about anybody if the Saints get that number one seed. Rightfully so, but you still got to be at least uh, you know f- uh, uh, aware of uh, one or two teams there in the NFC because um, uh, it's, it's the playoffs, baby. Anything can happen in the NFL playoffs. So um, be sure to vote on that poll. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll reveal the um results of the poll in the next episode next week. And we'll also obviously be recapping the game and previewing the season finale against the Panthers next week as well. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with everything. Also follow and subscribe to us on Spreaker. That's where uh, these podcasts originally get uploaded to. Uh, so be sure to check us out there. Just search the WDD or search the Who dat Dish podcast and you'll you'll be able to check us out. So again, thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll talk to you guys next week. And as always, Who dat? Who dat?